case. Hope Not Hate are basically controlling Britain. Hope Not Hate, an alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backwards, these backward thinking, virtue, sick, virtue signaling, fake news crazy. Yes, but I have why no did you... with them for being Jews. That's why I'm not an anti-Semite. But why in that case did you condone uh, all the violence that was practiced by your supporters in the 30s against Jews now, going down into the East End? Now, wait a moment. Let's look at that very closely. What meetings of other people were ever broken up by our people? It was our meetings were attacked. I'd had the largest But meeting. you went down and held meetings in Jewish areas no. in the East End. You marched through Jewish areas. No. For provocation. That's been stated again and again and is quite untrue. Anybody, no. some... Well, all right, I challenge. I challenge. Can you turn a camp... Right, 200,000 East Londoners that stopped you marching through all day. Why march through the dockers, the clothing workers, the shop assistants stopped you and even the biggest police force they could muster couldn't push you through. Why did they we beat you then as we'll beat you again and we beat your friend Adolf Hitler. Free speech in the far right. The challenges and a solution. While many in the far right position themselves as true defenders of free speech, it is clear that their claim that free speech is under attack is often a veil for other political fears and poorly masked hatefulness. This is why the work of Hope Not Hate must continue. Recently, Hope Not Hate has explored free speech in a six-part miniseries. We've provided insight into free speech laws and traditions in the UK, explored how elements of the British far right idolize the United States free speech tradition, and explored how the far right are often viewed as both protecting and co-opting free speech. To illustrate the variety of positions on free speech found amongst the radical right and far right, we also produced case studies on the populist radical right Nigel Farage, the anti-Muslim activist and former leader of the English Defense League, Stephen Yaxley-Lennon, aka Tommy Robinson, and white nationalist group Patriotic Alternative. Today, we will briefly discuss the challenges posed by far-right free speech narratives and explore the effective yet complex solution of deplatforming. While elements of the far-right and some radical right figures and groups co-opt free speech for their own benefits, we must also recognize the many-fold challenges posed by far-right free speech narratives. Firstly, when it comes to the idea that free speech is being suppressed by political correctness, a 2017 YouGov poll we commissioned shows clearly how widely this narrative resonates with much of the public. Of those polled, 51% agreed with the statement that political correctness is used by the liberal elite to limit what we can say. This rises to 70% amongst Leave voters, 67% amongst 2017 conservative voters, and 80% of the UK Independent Party voters in 2015. Conversely, just 49% agree that concern about political correctness has been whipped up by the right-wing media to undermine those who believe in tolerance and anti-racism. This sinks to just 33% of Leave voters and 33% amongst 2017 Conservative voters and 20% of the 2015 UK Independence Party voters. Though hypocritical, the work of far-right activists to position themselves as the ultimate defenders of free speech is, as clearly evidenced by the above polling, potentially quite effective for resonating with more mainstream conservative voters. Challenges such as the variability of free speech stances and the success of far-right rhetoric around free speech amplify the importance of our work of researching and raising awareness of the far-right's use of free speech narratives. We as an organization will continue our work to deplatform extreme actors, whatever their political leanings. Under UK law, there is a clear yet seldom acknowledged difference between the right to speak versus the right to speak anywhere. 
Since we began our deplatforming work, we have successfully advocated for deplatforming countless far-right voices to ensure that, without suppressing their legal rights to speak, far-right voices are reaching the smallest audience possible to ensure that dangerous ideas are kept relegated to the sidelines. As Hope Not Hate's Dr. Joe Mulhall writes, though controversial, deplatforming works. Dr. Mulhall highlights how Facebook's decision, and note, we were not involved in this effort, to block Britain First from Facebook and Twitter following suit, left Britain First on small, marginalized platforms with a much smaller following. This has undoubtedly been a key factor in the decline of Britain First as a dangerous force in the UK. Similarly, in March 2018, Stephen Yaxley-Lennon was permanently banned by Twitter, and then in February 2019, he was banned from Facebook, where he had more than 1 million followers, depriving him of his primary means of communication and organizing his supporters. Another major blow came on the 2nd of April in 2019, when YouTube finally acted and placed some restrictions around Lennon's channel, which resulted in his views collapsing. It is important to note that the challenge, the far-right's misuse and manipulation of free speech, and the solution discussed today, deplatforming, is ever-evolving and particularly interesting at present. Firstly, the online environment is changing, and with increased deplatforming and increased calls for legislation to regulate social media and online engagement. Increasingly, the online environment is becoming the public sphere, and with this shift, we must consider whether or not the defense that the far-right are able to exercise their right to free speech only in certain domains holds up. If the far-right are in fact stripped of the ability to broadcast their beliefs in the only domain in which they will be heard, in this case the internet, we must consider critically what that means for free speech practices in the UK. That being said, the reality that elements of the far-right are looking to silence others and spread hate and sometimes even violence means that regulations must continue to be enforced. A sophisticated liberal view recognizes limits and acknowledges that freedoms can sometimes undermine themselves, i.e. one's freedom of expression denying another's. In short, the far right should not have their right to expression stripped, but it is also not a legal infringement to continue to limit their ability to express things that limit another's expressions. We must also consider whether, in becoming more accepting of deplatforming, we run the risk of overreach and of not allowing people to make mistakes, as was argued in a recent Harper's Magazine letter, signed by over 150 writers, academics, and artists. While hate speech usually involves clear moral and legal transgressions, there are areas in which this can be less clear-cut and which require especially close attention to details of a case. Consideration of making mistakes is pertinent, particularly in response to changing norms. Whilst the onus remains on people to learn more about these changes, and a refusal to engage may be a legitimate reason for being called out, Sincere unawareness, despite efforts to learn, will occur. In such cases, an apology and an indication that someone is trying to learn is all that is needed. Many in the mainstream of political opinion, including staunch advocates of liberalism, themselves fail to grasp the nuances of free speech as it plays out in society. As signatories to a response letter to the Harper's letter note, quote, what the Harper signatories are describing are things that have happened to journalists, academics, and authors marginalized by their respective industries for years. The problem they are describing is for the most part a rare one for privileged writers, but it is a constant for the voices that have been the most shut out of the room, end quote. In practice, as Nasreen Malik made salient in The Guardian's response to the initial letter, what those reacting to supposed overreach are often really reacting to is the greater democratization of free speech, not a lack of it. 
As she astutely puts it, quote, to those accustomed to being questioned, this all feels personal. They have confused a lack of reverence from people who are able to air their views for the very first time with an attack on their right to free speech. They have mistaken the new ways they can be told they are wrong or irrelevant as the baying of a mob rather than exposure to an audience that has only recently found its voice. The world is changing. It's not cancel culture to point out that, in many respects, it is not changing quickly enough. While many in the far right position themselves as true defenders of free speech, it is clear upon further investigation that their claim to free speech is under attack, is often a veil for other political frustrations, fears, and poorly masked hatefulness. Despite positioning themselves as unequivocal supporters of free speech and as the victims of silencing by the government, social media, and campaigners both in the UK and around the world, it seems much of the far right aims to defend freedom of speech if, and only if, it is beneficial to their messages. The far right is becoming more sophisticated in organization. You can now sit in your bedroom with your computer or cell phone and be a far right activist with little to no social cost. And there's real danger with that ease. As Dr. Carmen Aguilera Carnonero, senior fellow at the Center for Analysis of the Radical Right, writes, quote, a healthy democratic society needs to understand that freedom of speech works both ways. And, for example, it is incompatible with invoking violence or hatred toward a particular set of people, end quote. This is precisely why we cannot turn a blind eye to the hypocrisy of the far right and why the work of Hope Not Hate must continue. Hope Not Hates are basically controlling Britain. Hope Not Hate, an alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backwards, these backwards thinking, virtue, sick, virtue signaling, fake news crate. Yeah.